0: The eyes of faith are not the eyes of sight. Paul says we see by faith and not by sight. What does God ask us to believe today which require the eyes of faith? Do you struggle to believe the church is the place of God? Do you struggle to see God's love in a world which has become cold, cruel, and capricious? Do you struggle to believe that God can work good, even in those whom we find unpleasant, hostile, and fearsome. Today's readings would ask us to believe difficult things and end with Jesus granting sight to the blind in the Gospel reading. The implication seems obvious. Don't set your goals low. Jesus is giving this sight. He opens blind eyes to see. Like Bartimaeus, we cry out, Lord, restore my sight. Welcome to the Sand Hills Lutheran Ministry Podcast. I am Pastor John Edding. The title of the sermon on the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost is Lord, restore my sight. This is a sermon on Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 7 through 9 and Mark 10 verses 46 through 52. Thanks be to God. Let's get to the sermon grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you pray with me? O God, the helper of all who call on you, have mercy on us, and give us eyes of faith to see your Son that we may follow him on the way that leads to eternal life. Amen. I'm sure you recognize that prayer. We Prayed it earlier in the Collect of the day. That is the prayer of the day. It's a good prayer, and it bears repeating. It's it's like food that you're eating during a meal, that, that is tasty and it, and it's good, and so you go back for seconds. And that's why we're going back for seconds on this prayer. And prayers are non fattening. So do you know do you know why the prayer um, before the readings is called the Collect? I've always wondered that myself for a long time. The best way I've heard it explained is that it collects the thoughts of the readings read for that Sunday and focuses those thoughts into one theme. So the phrase, give us eyes of faith, it caught my attention this past week As I was looking at the the readings, give us eyes of faith. It's kind of an unusual prayer, or is it? The eyes of faith are not the eyes of sight. Paul is explicit about this when he speaks about it in Corinthians, for we walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, he says that we see by faith and not by sight, the eyes of faith, but even though it is hidden and even invisible to our earthly eyes, that faithful vision is clear for it sees Jesus. It And he leads us to the way, the way to life everlasting. Faith, as Hebrews says, is an assurance in something hoped for and a confidence in something not seen. If we see it, and by that I mean experience it, it, it is not truly faith. Remember that about seeing. That is why we pray for the eyes of faith. Now the question that we are thinking about today is, what does God ask us to believe Today, which would require the eyes of faith. Today's readings would ask us to believe difficult things. And we'll get to that in a moment. But first, let's think about some of those difficult things that are happening today. What is, uh, what is hard to see with the eyes of faith? Uh, I thought of a few, and I'm sure you can add to this list. But here are a few things I think that are hard for people to see right now. The first thing is that may be hard to see is that God's love is governing this world. It it seems to be out of control, and the people seem so coarse and hopeless, and it doesn't look like <laughs> doesn't look like God is doing a good job with this. And then also the the church is this advancement of Christ's eternal kingdom. The gates of hell cannot even withstand it, Jesus promises. Yet, to many of us, it feels like the the church is in retreat. And congregations are growing feeble and struggling and shrinking. And we feel like we are on the, the losing side in this battle. And just how, Jesus, will will he ever come back? And if not, now, when? And here's another one. Sometimes it is hard to see with eyes of faith that God can love some of the really terrible people, um, maybe terrible people that you or I know, um, difficult people, and that might even include me. (laughs) And also... Have you not ever stood in a cemetery and run your hands over the old tombstones whose letters have nearly eroded away stones which mark the graves of folks long dead and forgotten? And Jesus promises, and Jesus promised that he is the life, the resurrection. It can be hard to believe in that place but even more so when the crisply cut letters spell out the name of your loved ones who have just died. Now this world seems to be so messed up right now. I attended an all-church-workers conference this past week in Kearney and with other church workers, teachers, pastors, and, and one of the speakers at the church worker conference uh, said, we live in strange times. And, and I have to agree, maybe you agree too. You know, we, we kind of live in weird times, difficult times. COVID, politics, uh, crazy people, <laughs> and social ills that, that just seem to abound. And to many people, it seems to be getting worse. And it looks like God has checked out on this human project. It is so hard to see God at work in this world right now. He seems to be hidden from our view. And I could try to point out the good things which are happening,
1: but Jeremiah's
0: text might just uh, give us a bit of caution here. When Jeremiah wrote those verses and that his book bears his name many years ago, the people were, very pessimistic, despairing, maybe even depressed. Um, and this, the pessimism of the, God's people is, is particularly well-founded. Things were very bleak. Uh, it was quite appropriate to feel like, where are you, God? You know, like God has abandoned us and abandoned them and that the whole promise was off. And the land had been taken from them. Their children lay dead outside the the walls of Jerusalem where the Babylonians had dashed them against the rocks. There's even a song of lament about that. And you can read it, Psalm 137. And they must have been questioning, how could we ever be a blessing to all the family of the earth? That blessing, that promise of being a blessing to all the families of the earth first given to Abraham. So long ago. And even the promise made to David seemed broken. No son of David sat upon the throne. Depression did not seem like a mental illness in that time. It just seemed like the only sane action. Same, sane course of action. Now, Jeremiah, however, proclaims God's love for the lost. The same Lord who called light from the darkness speaks of his love for the lost tribes of Israel. Ephraim is his son. Even though Ephraim looks to be completely lost, God is the raiser of the dead and the creator of all. And his love will not be thwarted by mere trivialities, such as we think are insurmountable. Now my Hebrew professor of Long time ago, uh, Reverend Thomas Egger, president now of Concordia Seminary, um, professor also of the Old Testament, made this wonderful connection between the Old Testament reading and the gospel reading today. And I want to share that with you. It is true, the sons of David had failed. Let's quickly back up here before the exile and recount the sad history of the house of David. And the sad history of the sons of David. Why Solomon, builder of the temple, sage of Israel, became idolatrous Solomon, collector of wives, and enslaver of his own people. And after Solomon, things just continued, you know, downhill. And downward, the sons of David did not lead the people in the fear of Yahweh. The sons of David did not lift up the poor and lowly and establish justice and righteousness in Israel as Isaiah had prophesied. Finally, under the last son of David to sit on the throne, King Zedekiah, the year was 587 B.C., The house of David was decidedly visited and judged by God. God stirred up the Babylonians. He often did this. He used other nations to bring judgment upon his unfaithful people. And they came down, pouring down into the land from the north. And they surrounded Jerusalem. And then they trapped Zedekiah like a bird in a cage. There was no escape. The son of David and the house of david had failed altogether and king zedekiah fled jerusalem the prophet jeremiah had warned him zedekiah you shall not escape but surely you will be captured and delivered into his hand and your eyes will see your eyes will see the eyes of the king of babylon and you shall go go to Babylon. And so, sure enough, King Zedekiah and his men, they slipped out a gate, uh, through a gate in Jerusalem, right as the city was falling. And they were detected, although it was night, they were still detected, and they were chased down the road. And the son of David fled Jerusalem, abandoned his throne, abandoned his people, and he went down the road to Jericho, and it was in the plains of Jericho, that Nebuchadnezzar's men captured Zedekiah, son of David. And they brought him to Nebuchadnezzar, who forced Zedekiah to watch as his own sons were slaughtered before his eyes. And then scripture tells us that Nebuchadnezzar blinded the eyes of Zedekiah and led him in chains to Babylon. The sons of David failed and fell under the wrath and the judgment of God. In our gospel text in in Mark, a son of David appears again. Not fleeing for his own life, but traveling resolutely from Jericho to Jerusalem to offer his life as a ransom for many. And on the road near Jericho, where Zedekiah had been captured only to have his eyes put out, this son of David now stands restoring the eyes of the blind and preparing to go up and claim his throne. What is Jesus doing here? What is... What is he doing? He is reliving. He is restoring, lifting up the lowly, restoring sight to the blind, placing a son of David on the throne, again, for God's people. And this is how the story goes. Jesus had a long climb in front of him that day. Uh, Jerusalem is nearly 2,500 feet above sea level. Jericho is about a 1,000 feet below sea level. But this was an even more, this is a more difficult climb than we can imagine. Three times Jesus had told his disciples in Mark that what would happen to him in Jerusalem, he would be betrayed, he would die and rise again. And he knew what awaited him in Jerusalem. And what were his disciples doing at, at the time? Well, Demonstrating like they have done before, demonstrating time and time again that they are blind to what he has said. And as he leaves the town, a blind man hears that Jesus passes by. He must have heard of this miracle worker in Galilee, from Galilee, unable to see Jesus. The blind man starts crying out, unable to direct his shouts in any particular direction. Son of David, have mercy on me. Many do not want to hear this. And the text says that they rebuke him, but let's be honest, they say, shut up. (laughs) Shut up. But Jesus hears the man and summons him. The blind man has keener sight than those Uh, many of those who walk that road with Jesus. He sees, quote unquote, clearly his need and Jesus heals him and he follows Jesus. And it was hard for the Jeremiah's people to see, but God was at work in his day. The exiled people of God would come home and the descendant of David, Mary of Nazareth, would bear a son who sits perpetually on that throne, according to our epistle reading for today. And God's ways are not often clear to physical sight. But he gave faithful vision to his people long ago, and he continues to do this today. To open eyes of faith today. The disciples who so struggled with Jesus's message of a servant king who served a servant kingdom where the little people were on top and the great ones were servants of all was realized in the martyrdom and the ministries of those disciples and the service of countless servants of Christ in the years since then. So perhaps we will get to see the kingdom of God in something good today, and I pray that it is so. But faith does not need that it has something better. It has the assurance, which comes from the fact that it is God who makes this promise. He causes things to be. He loves the lost. He gives what no one else can give. Sight to the blind, even to me. We all suffer from an inborn and inescapable spiritual blindness. The disciples of old had it. The crowd who rebuked Bartimaeus was also blind, but the Lord and the blind man could see. Jesus is the son of David. Long awaited and the anointed of God, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, could also see him for who he was and begged his mercy, son of David, have mercy on me. And for centuries, over the millennium, the people of God in the Western tradition of Christianity have recited Bartimaeus' words at the beginning of our worship. We did that today. Lord, have mercy. And we repeat them again in the Agnus Day just before receiving the Lord's Supper. And we take our place in a long line of people when we sing and we say those words. At the head of the line is a blind man, a man who begged for a living. And we follow in his footsteps, and Jesus has the mercy we seek, and he opens our eyes. He answers our prayer to open the eyes of faith to see clearly in difficult times. In days of persecution, Christians often make incredible and profound statements of faith, and even sing hymns on the way to the gallows. They said that Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer serenely walked up to the gallows and to the place where he would be killed, and he is supposed to have said something to the effect of, today my real life begins. And I do not know if I would be able to say that, but I know that Christ would, could give me that faith and those words when I face death's cold embrace. Faith is not something we do. It is something Christ makes us to be. It is Christ who opens the eyes of faith in human, in a human being to see the child as God's precious little one. It is Christ who opens eyes to see past the grave and to the resurrection which awaits us. It is Christ who gives us a look at sinners and sees the perfect people who, whom he has created with a sacrifice of himself on a cross. Yes, even difficult people, he helps us to see with eyes of faith, see them that way. It is Christ who makes a promise to which we cling when the waters rise and the world appears to be falling apart in chaos and death. It is exactly when the waters rise and the world appears to be falling apart in chaos and death that we pray. Lord, have mercy. Lord, restore my sight in the name of the father the son holy spirit